All right, so how did you get the band name? Let's just, before we start, <laughs> let me... Long story, very short. A million years ago, we had a gig. We didn't actually have a band name yet. So the four of us at the time all put names down on the table. Nobody liked anybody else's. Our guitarist at the time, his wife said that we're a happy band and we're peppy, and we remind her of happy, waggy puppy dogs. So, so she said, why is. not be the wag? So it doesn't stand for anything. It's not an acronym. It's Pretty much they all didn't like it, so they picked it. Yeah. And yeah, let's, uh, stand for something. Let's, not, let's not bring that up. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you. Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area as well as the bands who've traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. And welcome, everybody. This is Doug Drescher. Unfortunately, we don't have Diane DeMimo with us today. She's out on assignment in the fine, chilly uh, state of New Hampshire, doing whatever it is that people do in New Hampshire. But I'm very excited to have a band here with us. Uh, chances are you've seen them locally. Um, they certainly have a name to remember because you're going to wonder where the name came from, but we're not going to bring that up because it is really an ungodly dull story. Um, we have the Wag here. Welcome, Wag. Hello. <laughs> so um, we have um, Alicia on keys, correct? Yep. Okay, and Don plays the guitar. Say hello, Don. Hello. Joshua plays the drums. Hello. And we have Brian on bass. Hello, everyone. So the Wag. Welcome to our little studio. Uh, uh, we're here to talk about lots of cool stuff, but uh, most importantly, uh, you have a show coming up on March 25th. What day of the week is that? I'm not Saturday. Well, Saturday. That's Saturday like, night. like a big Saturday gig. Yes. March 25th at the Strand. Is that in Lakewood? Yes, yep. it is. And, and, and what is special about this March 25th event? There's a couple things. Uh, first of all, we're celebrating the release of a brand new album called Blue Bottles and Copper Coins. Okay. Uh, which we're really proud of and really excited about. And we're going to play the album in its entirety. Uh, not in sequence, but in its entirety. And then second of all, we're celebrating that this band's been around for 25 years. These guys started this band 25 years ago. So 25 years would put you to 98, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. That's wow. correct. So, because I have a child who's 25, just oh, okay. turned 25. <laughs> I, I have no... I was impressed. I have no math skill. I'm honest with the people here. Uh, well, let, let first off, you know, I've seen you guys play a bunch of times. Uh, some days you play a whole series of covers, mm -hmm. and some days you do originals. So I guess the first question out of the gate is, how do you decide what you want to do? And then moreover, how do you be careful not to be known as a cover band? Well, we tell people we're an original band to start off with, which we are. We are primarily an original band. Mm -hmm. But we do these, we, you know, like we do a big Beatles show because we love the Beatles. So mm -hmm. we do shows like that. So if people hire us to do that, we will do that. Um, but for the most part, we even slip some originals in on those gigs as well because that's what we do. Unfortunately, as you know, in the... The local music business to get paid really have to do mostly cover shows. Sure, you know, and that's you know there's a financial factor involved, but of course, you know, we our goals are original. We've always been an original band from the start, and we're going to continue to be an original band. Um, so we will do as much as we can, and occasionally you'll see us playing covers things as well. But your covers seem to also be more of like there's like a whole theme night, so you'll do mostly um, Beatles in one evening, and and you dress up like the Sergeant Pepper. 
band, which was a lot of fun. And I saw that you, I, I was looking on your website, you do a, a nice cover of a Jefferson Airplane song. Uh, so you, pro, but you promote yourself as generally an originals band. Absolutely. And and for those who haven't listened to The Wag, their original, I mean, it's a real happy, poppy sense of music. Um, I like that you even mention on your website that it's family-friendly music, and it's very hard to find a place to bring your kids. (laughs) Uh, So we have two original Waggers. Um, How did this start? What what possessed you to uh, claim musical fame? Well, I think Alicia and I... including Don and Joshua, have always wanted to be musicians. And I met Alicia at Stockton College, I think, in 1995. Wow. Yeah, it was quite a <laughs> while ago. Um, and we decided to put together a band. And because she played keyboard, I played bass. We did some auditions. And eventually we, we came and we found uh, two other members. And, and we started making music. And, and it, was a, it was a big joy for us. Like, it, it's, it's what we always wanted to do. And we got to do it together, which was quite exciting. Um, so I, I guess we've always wanted to be musicians, and, and that, that's kind of what, what really drove us. Um, would you agree? I would agree. She agrees. <laughs> <laughs> How do you sustain that through, I don't know, life? I mean, none of us at this table are college kids anymore but you've kept a band together for a quarter century how did you do that we don't know what else to do yeah <laughs> well, you used the word possessed i think didn't you possess him to the... <laughs> well, and, and it is kind of like the mafia once you're in you're that's in it. yeah and so you've been a band consistently the whole time yeah. yes yes the entire time so in the history of the wag ballpark estimate how many original songs have you written as as a as a group, you probably answer that question. Well, how many actual albums do we have? What is this, eight? Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like maybe, uh, I don't know. There's an EP that came out first. So. 75 songs? No, I maybe? would say more like 100. If we have eight and there's around maybe yeah. 11 songs on oh, each yeah, give yeah. or take, I'm going to say probably around 100. And yeah. then, then between specialty shows, Beatles, you must easily be able to pull out a cover. You must have easily memorized 50, 60 covers. Oh, yes. at least. Yeah. Yeah. At least. And between the four of us, you know, when Joshua and Don came into the band, they had covers that we didn't sure. know, you know, so now we've added that. And, and originals. Yeah. They yeah. started originals, doing some yeah. of our solo stuff, too. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. so the two of you are original WAG members. Yes. All right. So tell us how... Uh, Don and Joshua ended up in the band, and how long they did. I, I'd assume they have tenure by now. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so actually, I do have officially ten years. Okay. I just yeah. passed my ten year mark. Do you get like a chip or a no. coin or something? In fact, in fact we, we passed it. We, had, we have a few milestones, and we just sort of we were sort of busy, so we sort of forgot about them. I hit my 500th gig back last Ju- May or something like that. Yeah, it was in And we forgot about You'd it. You'd think somebody would and buy we, a 10 watch years or, or something. Like in, December, yeah. well, in, in my defense, uh, did I not remember yes, you, you for every 100th show yeah. or the 200th yeah, yes. show? Yes, the 100th, 200th, 300th, 400th, but not the, the 500th. When the five came, I mean, what can I say? Yeah. For your 600th show, you get a free vegan meal. That's right, yes. <laughs> yes. So, so how did so we? You guys met in college. Yes. You had some bright idea to start a band. It's not called Stockton anymore, is it? Uh, is it, that TCNJ now? Um, I don't remember. No, wait. When I started, it was Stockton State College. Yeah. And now it is the 
Richard Stockton University. Oh, it's a university. Yeah, it's See, university I went to Ramapo now. for six years, so mm-hmm. I remember all these. Yeah. They were little colleges when right. I got out of high right. school, and they, I think Ramapo is the only one that isn't a yeah. university now. Just the college. Wow. So you played in the uh, multi-purpose room. You tortured your friends in the dorms. Come <laughs> to our gig. You, there was probably a coffee house that you enjoyed. After college, you know, where did you go, and then and how did you end up with these two fine fellows? Well, thank you for the fine fellow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, thank you for the end up with. <laughs> they are fine fellows, too. Yeah. Um, I guess it was maybe, was it 13 years in or 14 It years was in? 13 years in when our original guitarist left for family reasons. Okay. Yeah, so we, we were, uh, you know, at that time looking for another guitarist. And, um, and they asked we, me at that time. Yeah, you actually, our drummer Brian had, had asked Don, uh, but you were tied up, I think, yeah. at, that, at that time. So, so we had some fill-ins and stuff like that. But during that time, un- unfortunately, we, we lost our drummer, uh, Brian. He had a heart attack and passed away. And I see in your website you reference him as a memorial, and I think that's really sweet yeah, that you keep was, his name alive that way. Yeah, uh, he was also our brother-in-law. Okay. So. Yeah, he had just married Alicia's sister uh, the week before. The week before. Oh so, goodness. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a really uh, really difficult time. Oh, I'm sure. And um, at that time, uh, in fact, I was asked recently about you know did you ever decide to hang it up or, or you know call it quits? And you know <clears throat> it did come into our minds because it was a sad time in our lives, uh, but we. We didn't want to do that. We, we knew that's not what Brian would want from us or want us to do. And, you know, because music is, is what makes us happy and making other people happy with our music is what it's all about sure. yep. for us. And I'd um, imagine those first few gigs must have been incredibly difficult. Yeah, they were. especially I think the first one back was the uh, Monmouth County SPCA, right? It was the, the dog walk, which was something that was really special to Brian in particular. Sure. So we couldn't not do that, you know? Yeah, so, um, you know, we, we obviously had canceled a bunch of shows sure. that we had scheduled, but there were some benefits, like Alicia mentioned, one for the Monmouth County SPCA and... Uh, a couple other shows that we didn't were, want to cancel that we didn't want to cancel because they were, they were for good causes and and that's where uh, that's where Don helped us out with remember Don well what happened is uh, you had another guitar player who was we'll call it, say a temporary guitar player yeah. who because of all this was going on decided to quit the band mm. the day before one of those big benefits so they sent an email to me and another friend of ours named Michael Brett who uh, said could you guys fill in so. I said, I, I looked, they gave us like six songs. I said, I like these three. I'll do those ones. Michael, you do those ones. But it was funny. And actually, we, so we did this gig. It was in, um, in Rumson. And it was a big benefit because uh, it was right after uh, Hurricane Sandy's. So and mm-hmm. there was a benefit for that. So it was a, real, it was a packed place. Mm-hmm. We played. And then I remember Alicia, after we did that set, that six song set, you said, the wag will never end. Did I? Yeah, you did say it. Yeah, so. <laughs> so and then, you, and then as we would say, you put the Kanahura on the whole thing and said, this I is going to keep did. going. And so she claimed it right there. But anyway, what happened next was we were outside, you know, loading up the cars and everything. And I said, you know, because of the situation, if you guys need any help, just let me know. And we immediately said, oh, yeah, we actually do. Can you do these Christmas gigs with us? And so we uh, used to do these Christmas shows outside in the streets of Red Bank, and we learned all these Christmas songs and I did that with them, and then I said, okay, they'll be looking for someone else after that, you know. And then all of a sudden, can you do this other gig with us? And I said, you know, and then we started learning originals. And then after a month or so, are you guys still looking for people? 
You know, oh, that, yeah, this yeah, is how this is how cults start. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> they bring you in a little right. at a time. The wag is a cult. Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're still looking because I was doing my solo thing uh, very much at the time, and, it, and we're still looking. We're still looking. I mean, we're still looking. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Yes. And, then, and eventually, I realized I don't think they're looking anymore. Yeah. So, and no. it's like they said before: it's once you're in, you're, you're always in. in. No, it. you know what yeah. you say, especially when you're married. That, that no harm in looking. Don't move on. So Don just kind of just. That's how it came he's about. So he's been so filling so in for over a decade. Yeah, he's been filling in for ten years. But he's stuck. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then and and then when did Joshua <laughs> come aboard? Well, it worked with Don, so <laughs> we, we you had a formula it again. Your formula worked. Can you fill in a couple of times uh, and please don't leave? We actually we played acoustically for was it like a year, year and a half. I don't remember exactly how long, but we had a good friend of ours, Ariel Strauss, Ariel Strauss Bruland, um, who played bongos with us mm-hmm. during these acoustic shows. And eventually she moved to uh, San Diego. Um, and I guess it was sort of during that same time, because I think... Yeah, there was a little overlap there. Yeah, there was some yeah. overlap. Yeah, and then we just kind of yoinked Joshua, and now he's ours. Well, he used to play in the same bill with yeah. us. Yeah, I'd be performing so. solo, and, and I'd be opening for them, and we just kind of ended up running in the same circles for a while, and... Yeah, well, um, and we had a big show coming up. Yeah. yeah well, we saw him as a right. guitarist. Oh, he was a guitarist. We didn't know he played drums. He's, uh, apparently, right. he's talented on many yeah, instruments. He's, he's the oh, yeah. of, uh, but yeah. he actually, it was funny because uh, we, we, we had a, for one gig, we had a, a fill and drummer just as jamming. He didn't have a rehearsal with us or anything. And it didn't really work out too well. And Josh was on the same boat. says, you know, my first instrument is the drums. And we had him come down, and I guess since, he was hinting. He was hinting, yes. And that was at our 500th show, right? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we were <laughs> celebrating 500 shows, and Joshua volunteered to be part of that, and and he hasn't left since. Right. Yeah. Pretty and much. It. Yeah. It started out as just you know, let me know if you guys have some big gigs and you don't want to be acoustic. You sure. Know, and, and slowly but surely, it was just every gig. And yeah. I well, was, I mean, for one thing, I don't. I would rather not play acoustic. Yeah. So yeah. now every gig has to be electric. Yeah, it's funny how that worked out. Like, we didn't really want to play acoustic, yeah. so then they all became big gigs. Yeah. Now, are any of the four of you, did you graduate with music degrees? Yes. Or Okay, so do all four of you have music degrees? I do not. No. You were born with it. You don't need a music degree. You have, <laughs> you touch an instrument and just sing. Oh, you're very kind. Uh, if you. I sat down in front of a drum, you'd wonder if I was having some sort of attack. <laughs> you know, I can't play the drums. You know? like new style. Well, I mean, if you do it with the right rhythm, you know. Yeah. That's I'm, right. You have an attack and <laughs> rhythm. Yeah. Yes, that would work. But now you have a, a degree in music? Yeah. And, and what about the you other two here? No, no? just the degree in hard knocks, I guess. In hard knocks. No. So do you make your living from wagging, or what do you do as adults to pay PSE&G and Citicorp? <laughs> well, we don't make a living from it. But I will tell you one thing. When you mentioned when we do other shows that are paying shows or whatever, we, we've kind of been taking that and, and putting that towards our original music. Mm-hmm. We've, we've used that to pay for recording studios or, or you know, make uh, albums or, and record manufacturing. And, and also um, it, it helped us uh, with some of the tours and things that we've, we've done. So we've kind of always been... Making the band sort of work for itself. So, and yeah. at this point, the band is self-sufficient in that it yeah. can provide its enough money to keep gas in the van. I would yeah. say, yeah. If we had a van. <laughs> if we had, <laughs> had a van. <laughs> we, we use a Winnebago. So. That's the way to do it. So, I mean, obviously, uh, there's a real uh, melodic pop sense. I would actually say more Paul McCartney than Beatles, from my perspective. Okay. Uh, talk about 
the things that you listened to that inspired you to make music? Paul McCartney. Okay, there's a start. <laughs> Paul, Paul Hill. <laughs> I'm personally a big Beatles fan, and uh, so were my... Moody Blues. You know, you don't see that many people who are... Are they in the Hall of Fame yet? The yes. Rock and Roll Hall of they Fame? They just got in, I want to say, two Wasn't that like a ago? big issue for a yeah. while yes, while they weren't huge. in? I don't understand yes. why they weren't there years ago, yeah. Because apparently the guy who runs it didn't really like them, but Tough Patooties. The Rock and Roll. Yeah. All right, this is one of those things that we might have to edit out, so I'm not <laughs> going to say patooties. it. I'm not going <laughs> to say bad it. My bad mouth. No, not your bad Did you see the pontificate on the Rock I think the problem with the Moody Blues is maybe they've... Their their sound has changed a lot, mm. and I don't think they're promoted very well no. now, right? You well, don't, like what we need. If you're a Moody Blues fan, you need someone to pick a Moody Blues single and put it on a, a, a Netflix show, yeah. and they'll, they'll take off It'll again because people yeah. will like it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. who was listening? Who does that song "Running Up the Hill"? What's what's Kate oh, Bush? Yeah, uh, who was listening to Kate Bush? A bunch, other than us morons. You know, as blockheads, yeah. geeks from from college radio who love that music. That song's bigger now than it was. Yeah, in the she's 80s. probably yeah. made more money in the last six months than yeah. she has Her in, in the twenty five yeah. years before. And she's it. actually just nominated for the other oh, really? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Mm. Oh, so we have the Beatles, we have McCartney, Moody Blues. Do you guys do a Moody Blues cover? Yes, two. We do a which one? Which two yeah. do you do? Uh, we do Tuesday afternoon and the Story in Your Eyes. Um, way back when we did Say It With Love, and uh, I know you're out there somewhere. Okay. I think we wanted to add in Roger Seesaw in the next few months. Yeah, too. we yeah. may, well, now you've given it away, but we may do Ride My Seesaw okay. at some point. I recognize two of the titles, so. You probably don't recognize Say <laughs> It With Love. I have to admit, I did, um, uh, years ago, when you would get that envelope with the thousand stamps of yeah. little records, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did have a Moody Blues Greatest Hits in there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I haven't seen that final in a billion years. <laughs> uh, so, so who else were you listening to that that informed what you do? Um, I I'm from a slightly different camp. Um, obviously, I do love the whole Beatles thing, and and really, I've kind of leaned into that since becoming a member of this band. But I mean, I grew up listening to Prince and the Black Crows, oh, yes. mm-hmm. and um, you know Stevie Wonder and. And um, our I other was, favorite, I was. Uh, what's that? Our other, our other favorite that me and you love, uh, Steely Dan, Led oh, no, Zeppelin, yeah, um, like a lo- sort of local band, uh, King's, X, King's X. Yes, yeah. um, and I had the privilege of growing up, um, you know, with a, a white mother and a black father. So my mom had like Linda Ronstadt and Neil Young records, and my dad was like Parliament and the Temptations. And <laughs> Look, that's not to say that your dad couldn't and, have listened to Linda Ronstadt. But no. I see. <laughs> well, no, you, you bring up a good point because he did. And, and I think he actually was a bigger fan of country music. Mm-hmm. So there was George Strait and Willie Nelson. and Was there like always that. music playing in your house? Oh, yeah. And my family's very musical. All of my uncles and my father could either play an instrument and or sing. And, mm-hmm. And the, the girls on the side of the family would all, you know, just kind of hoot and holler and stomp and clap. And oh, sure. The barbecues were a lot of fun. <laughs> what about you guys? Was there music playing in your house? That Absolutely. seems, of the people we meet, there's this theme yeah. that there was music, like, in utero. That they, they just remember music there the whole time. What yeah. about you guys? My grandfather was in a big band. Um, he played the clarinet. And he, he backed up, I think, once or twice, Benny Goodman. Mm-hmm. Very uh, cool. Yeah, and... Um, my father and my uncles all played in, in rock and roll bands and all my cousins. And just like Joshua said, like at family parties, it was everybody was singing and harmonizing and playing music. And 
you know, so it was just, I don't know, I guess a natural thing for me to to be interested in that. Yep. Same thing at my house. My mom had a beautiful voice. Uh, My dad played guitar and he sang and there would be nights where I'd have my little Casio keyboard on the (laughs) the, uh, living room floor up to like three in the morning with my dad playing his guitar till he fell asleep in the rocking chair and then I could go to bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then later on um, when we would have Christmas parties, you know, the family Christmas parties and all of his aunts and uncles and, you know, my dad would come over and my cousins who are somewhat older than me, um, they could all play guitar, and so big jam session. Uh, and Don, did did you have that as well? Well, we we had a, a very musical family, but we, uh, interesting. Uh, my parents were into lots of different stuff than we were. My father was really big on you were gonna laugh, sort of elevator type music. That was his <laughs> thing. I'm a little older than these guys, so but as far as the uh, <laughs> did it, did it make him happy? Did it give him pleasure? Uh, it did with him. We yeah. thought when we it used was to a take torture for everyone else. We, we were taking long trips, and we were like. But then I will say this: they always did uh, for these long trips. Used to take would turn on the the pop stations. End of the day, like in the in the early to mid seventies, I guess you heard a mishmash of everything. A mishmash, I said, yeah. um, <laughs> of everything. Uh, you would hear Led Zeppelin, then Dolly Parton, then the OJ's, then Sweet. All, all together. So you heard it was really more of a, a great songwriting period. So we were we were exposed to so much different stuff. So we really liked everything. I mean, my influences, though, yes, tend to, tend to go more to the uh, classic rock, pop, and soul side. I'm a, you know, the Beatles. That's what sort of connects us. I guess is the Beatles more than anything. But of course, a lot of the '60s British, you know, invasion stuff. I also love love groups like uh, some jazz stuff. I love Steely Dan. Uh, Zeppelin is a big influence on me, uh, and of course, Squeeze. Uh, mm-hmm. That's uh, uh, one of my favorites of all time. And I remember when Squeeze first hit big, uh, the two main songwriters were often compared to being the oh, next. Oh, yeah, the next Lennon McCartney. Yeah, yeah. Different yeah. Tilbrook. And they yeah. were very, very crafty songwriters. That was a big influence uh, in every way, in songwriting as well as uh, the way I sing. You know, I try to imitate Glenn Tilbrook a lot, you know, and that's that when you learn your craft, you. Do it by imitating others first, and then you develop your own mm-hmm. thing. And as time goes by, you, you know, every person you meet or sort of adds on to what you, uh, you know, learn. You know, mm-hmm. me and Josh was before, we're a big King's X fan. I didn't realize them until a little later. Is, is King's X, is, is that the guy who wears that white face makeup? No. With, am I thinking? So no. tell me, King's I don't, X is I a trio. I recognize the name, I but I don't know King who it Diamond is. Or That's King, right, King, King Diamond. Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> King's X is a trio that actually kind of came together in Texas, but their drummer is actually a Jersey guy. Jerry Gaskell lives not too far from here. I'm going to have to yeah. fire oh, them up on Spotify. They, on they were one of the, I'm, I'm not really into super heavy stuff. You know, I'm more like a, in, in the Zeppelin groove and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, but as far as, they're a hard rock band, but if you can mix like the, uh, uh, not, not quite metal, but sort of in that sound, with a Jimi Hendrix guitar feel with the Beatlesque harmonies. That's, sure. it, it's a yeah. great mix. Other bands I really, really, really liked a lot uh, that people probably don't know about. Jellyfish, great band. I don't know if you're familiar with them. But they're a great band. The name is familiar. Yeah. Uh, I love really great craft, uh, song craftsmanship. And all these bands have that. Billy Joel and Elton John, of course, mm-hmm. are huge influences, too. I mean, uh, Tears for Fears. I, there's, there's a lot of different types of stuff like that. But, of course, it fits, so say, that's in, that fits into the rock-pop genre. Sure, you know, classic, sure. But, it's, but they're, they're varied. So how did you discover guitar, and then how did you know that you were going to have the relationship you have with that instrument for your whole life? Okay, well, uh, I started off on clarinet, cause my, and the reason I did that, we, my two sisters were older than me, and my one did clarinet, one did sax. Now, sax is the cooler instrument. I didn't know that at the time, though. 
uh, clarinet just school. Defended all the clarinet. You know, clarinet's very cool too. Benny Goodman, Artie Shaw, great clarinet players. But anyway, but that's the thing; they never teach how to play like that in 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 grade school. But anyway, you do start off with hot cross buns. That's true. Yes, yes. One a penny, two a penny, hot cross buns. Everyone's probably saying, "What?" I never heard that song before. That was back in our day, right? Okay. Um, but as far as uh, um, what was it? The uh, I guess what got me into guitar is uh, I I've always wanted to be a singer. You know, I was sort of like shy as a kid. I know you guys are going to laugh about that, but I was so shy as a kid and I figured, you know, a great way to get girls would be if I sang, you know, and of course... Did it work? No. No. <laughs> never did. No, no. so, but anyway, so what I did, but I did confide in a kid. It was in seventh grade, I confide, there was a kid, there weren't too many musicians besides school band people yeah. in, in our... Um, in our uh, in, in our school, grade school. So there was one guy who played guitar, so I confided him and said, I want to really be a singer. And he says, well, don't count on just being a singer. You should also play an instrument like guitar. Sure. And so, of course, and after I told my parents, I want a guitar for Christmas. I want a guitar for Christmas. And I always just make these guitar sounds, like, that type of stuff. And they, and they hated it. You know, mm. The whole family hated it. And I said, I'll stop doing that if you get me a guitar. <laughs> and so that, I got this really cheap... Sears acoustic. It was really, really sure. The strings like real high off the neck, very hard to play. But I was persistent and I played for a long time to get it. And eventually I upgraded and, you know, then in high school got into bands and, and took it from there and uh, been playing ever since. I can't think of. I think the time I played the least, and this is very interesting, and I've been playing for a long time, the time I played the least in my whole music career was when we had the lockdown, COVID. Mm-hmm. It was like, it just all of a sudden stopped, you know, because I've been playing gigs either solo with bands with uh, helping out other people and everything for a very long time and then all of a sudden it just stopped that was that was probably one of the weirdest periods but then you made a solo record and then we made a that's record that's right yeah yeah in so. fact we, did, we during the lockdown we you know you know Josh would play the drums on mine uh, a record and at the time we were still sort of isolating so we were uh, we did a lot of stuff over uh over phone texting, we wrote sure. songs together. <laughs> texting, here's an idea. What do you think about it? And someone would add their part and add it, and we wrote that way. That's kind of how our new record came about, actually. You, you, the songs that you wrote during lockdown. Yeah, yeah that's how it started. It, it was just a, an idea going across the, uh, you know, the firmament. Yeah, vo- voice memos <laughs> over text messages. Sure, yeah, sure. What would you do to this? <clears throat> yeah. And when we could finally get together, you know, then then we would play the songs together and see what gelled and what what didn't and uh and it was great because uh this this newest record that that's coming out is um one where we all creatively put everything we had into it i think like it we it wasn't just like a single songwriter it it was everybody's writing it was more collaborative it was more collaborative in the album we did before now we only did the wag has been around for 25 years i've only been in for 10 joshua eight no, six, seven, eight, eight, eight years. Yeah. Okay, it's it, it's all blends together. <laughs> um, but um, there was a big space of about five years where we didn't have an album out, uh, and uh, so the first record that me and Joshua played on was uh, uh, "Carry On," "Carry On," which came out in two thousand eighteen, I believe. Right? That was was there the space of no album because life was happening, but you were still playing gigs, or well, you just didn't <clears throat> feel like recording something? It was the it was shortly after our, our drummer passed away. Mm. And uh, we, Alicia and I, and our previous guitarist finished up that record that we were working on at the time with our with our drummer. That was Continuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, our album called Continuum. And when we were done with that, it it was um, there. There was a lot of little little obstacles that we we had to overcome, um, and that was one. We were we were kind of like, all right, we're done with the recording for a while. Let's just see if we can 
play music. And then, you know, we, we were able to do that, and we were playing as an acoustic trio, as uh, I think Alicia mentioned. For a long time. Yeah. For, for a while, and then Don had said, you know, why don't we bring in a drummer and, like, play? And, like, that was a big step for us, too, because we had only well, ever it, really but played But it also with. sounds like you needed some time to sort of assess what you wanted to do, but then reinvent yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, it, and when you have a drummer that you're so, uh, not just a drummer, but any member that you're so vested in, um, it it must be very emotional to try to do something without that person. Absolutely. And again, this this drummer was their family member. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a double. No, that's way. even harder. Yeah. Actually, Absolutely. and it, it even as long as it took to get us to get start recording, Alicia had a lot of problems singing um, in the beginning of it because of the on the recording, not live, but in the recording, you had a lot of issues. Oh, you mean I couldn't get through a song without yeah. crying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. But I mean, that just is a testament to the dedication of love you have, but. But you, you keep moving forward. You don't really yeah. have many choices. <clears throat> but and I got to tell you, it, like honestly, during that that time when we didn't have a record, it was really because of Don and Joshua saying, "Like, come on, let's let's do something. We can do this. We can do this." And you know, kind of like held our hands through that process to do it. And you redefine yourself as yeah. family part two. And Absolutely. then it's like it's like we we can do this. Yeah, yeah. but the diff- and, and it is fun again. You know, oh yeah, and it was fun even in before that too. But I think it was it was a whole new thing you were getting into, which was a you know an emotional thing for you, and you yes. got past that, which is well, uh, you know, a live yeah. re- a live performance is very temporal, yeah, uh, you know, and so you could do it and then you disconnect. But once you make an album, that's that's permanence, and and that's yeah. sort of a restatement. And and I could certainly understanding that with a with a new album, you don't want to erase the memory because you right. have a new person in, but really celebrate that memory by writing songs and moving on. Right, and also um, when we did We Carry On, uh, which is the album, our most recently released album, um, Joshua had written a song called We Carry On, mm-hmm. and when he sent me the um, the demo of it, I immediately burst into tears. <laughs> Because I mean, besides the fact, first off, you have to, you cry at Christmas commercials, don't you? <laughs> no, you know, it's so funny. She I never, no, I never used to cry at anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing. But the older I get, the more yes. mushy I become, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's fantastic. But <laughs> so, but I mean, the, the song we carry on is just so beautiful. I think you know, and I can say that because I didn't write it. So even though it's my band song, you know. Um, it's such a beautiful song, and it can mean you know anything to anybody. Sure. But what it meant to me was kind of about Brian, our drummer, our brother-in-law, um, and it was kind of Joshua saying, "Oh, I'm going to choke up now." <laughs> it, to me, it was kind of Joshua saying, "You know, he'll always be with us, but we can go forward with this." Now, Josh, Joshua, did you know that's a, that was the song that you were writing about, or is there something? Along of more of like that ethereal, mystical thing that you wrote this song that just happened to fit so perfectly into this puzzle. I mean, I wish I could tell you it was it was <laughs> mythical and, and magical, and there were unicorns and rainbows, you know, things like that. But I mean, whenever I write a song, the the um, the genesis is usually something that's true or, or close to my heart, or something that I've experienced or seen other people experience, and then from there it kind of it kind of uh, expands outward and becomes about other things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it certainly is a lot about what this band has been through and then, you know, some other things that I've encountered along the way. Right. Well, like I said, it can mean anything to anybody. Yeah, sure. But to me in particular, it was about that. So, um, 
Yeah, it was really hard. I mean, there, there's at least one time that we sang it live that I could not get through sure, it. Sure, sure. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. But, but, but isn't that the sign of a good song, that it puts you into an arena, yeah. and then the spectator mm-hmm. or the listener brings their own thing, right, and, exactly. and thinks that that song was written for them, exactly. for them right? You know a good Just song when that's what I mean, happens. The, the whole Beatles catalog... In almost any song, someone could find something to say. Right. Wow, how did they know that that's what I was thinking? Right. But so we had never done this before, but I insisted that we name the album after the song. It was like, it has to be called We Carry On. Sure. Because this is the, you know, the WAG 2.0. This is the next version of this band carrying on. So not leaving behind what was. Sure. Bringing it forward with us. But, um carrying on with it, and so I, I was also mad Did I put my foot down, because <laughs> I also insisted upon the uh, cover artwork, which was the four of us, Brian and I in the middle, uh, Don and Joshua on the sides of us, all of us with our arms around each other, mm-hmm. walking away from the camera, mm-hmm. um, so that they're kind of supporting us in the middle, but we're all together, and we're going forward, we're carrying on. If you watch so uh, Alicia's go. hand, she's, it's for the audience. I'm gesturing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping not to whack a microphone. But. No, but that's wonderful. And, and I don't know what else to say other than that's, that's wonderful. I, well, on, I don't want to get tears. I just wanted to add on that particular album. Is that, that was the first one me and Joshua played on. Right. Um, but it, it, what was different about that album from the new album is that we all had our individual songs. I had songs, Brian had songs, right. Joshua had songs. And we, so we had them. But this one is different because we pretty much, with a few exceptions, have really collaborate together in, in the songwriting process. And if it hadn't been for the lockdown, it might not have worked out that way. Right, right. Right, and, and, and we think that this is, we're very proud oh, yeah, this oh, is yeah. of, sure. this, of is this material. Album, yeah. You know, and, and, and because maybe it was because of the lockdown that, that this came about. Well, certainly the lockdown sort of gave everyone pause to decide what was important and what wasn't important. You say how it, it, the, the lockdown gave everyone pause and that's certainly true. And, and the, th- the same thing that you just described, I, I experienced. I think we all experienced on some level. Um, but I know for me, um, I was determined to not let it give us too much pause. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it was easy to become sedentary. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. And, um, you know, so the process of writing these songs was great because it was a way to keep moving forward even though we couldn't be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But I think the difference in writing these songs is that if it wasn't locked down, you know, Don would like, he might not have the whole song, he would have this one part, but it would be, okay, learn this. Not take this home and sit with it because we have nothing else to do anyway. Sure. And add this to it or change that mm-hmm. or give your opinion on this. So you redefined what being productive was. Yeah. Right, yeah. Sure. right. And then we also just spend a lot of time together in person developing the songs as sure. well. Yeah. So it wasn't just like, we wrote the songs and we put it down on the no. tape and that was it. No, we, we actually, because the songs did change a lot from maybe the original yeah. text yeah. voice yeah. messages. Sure. That we it was almost like having two pre-productions, right? Yeah. Like the text messaging yeah. time was one pre-production. Then lockdown eased out. We were able to get together, and then we actually right. started working on the, yeah. on the material. So when you're done with all this, do you drag all of your collective families into a room and make them listen to it and have, like, a family <laughs> listening party? No, no. but i got to tell you, like, we, we had some friends listen to the record while we were there, mm-hmm. Alicia and I, and it was so weird. It was so weird. <laughs> because they're they were... talking about the songs. Oh, and this one's my favorite. And yeah. they listen yeah. to this part, and I'm like, 
trying to like hide in the corner. Like it's like being so naked weird, in front yeah. of people you know. <laughs> it was. It's so weird. And there was a speaker on one side and a speaker on the other, and we're smack in the middle, so we're hearing ourselves in stereo, watching our friends go, oh, wait, wait, you got to be quiet because you got to listen to this part. This oh, is my favorite. Like, oh. Don told me a story about this one, and I'm like, what story did Don tell about that? <laughs> what do they know that I'm not, I'm not knowing at this moment? No, that's funny. <laughs> Joshua, uh, my question to you, because you write songs and you do play actively in other outfits yeah when you have an idea for a song how do you know if you want it to be your solo song or something you bring to some of the other musicians or if that's something that you think the wag's going to be interested in it's a really good question um i'm, I'm good with questions yeah you are you should yeah. have a podcast i've been thinking i i get paid to talk i could do this all day you know i mean i wish somebody would pay me to do this but yes i could do this all afternoon but so how do you decide who gets the best of you well it's um it's pretty easy right now because i just i don't really have any aspirations of being a solo artist at this time Mm -hmm. and so being involved in different projects um is a lot of fun for me because i get to write for different projects and the beauty of that is that at least for me i'm hyper aware of my own limitations but if I'm writing for somebody else, I don't have those limitations. They mm-hmm. might have limitations, but their limitations aren't the same as my limitations, and I don't have to be concerned with my own. So um, I really enjoy having a, a piece of music and being like, hmm, you know, I, I think this would work for Brian's voice, or I think Alicia might sound good on this, or... Or even that you might sound good at it. Or, or, or I might <laughs> sound good on it, or, you know, and I've, I've written a couple songs for some of the other artists that I work with, and... I actually really enjoy it. Um, you know, one of these days I might get back around to wanting to be a solo artist and, mm-hmm. and you know, write for myself again. But right now, this is... You're having fun? This yeah, is amazing. You're still never leaving this band. No, no I didn't. I didn't <laughs> Can say I point that. out that I've actually done deep research on this, yeah. and, I, and I know the one huge measurable difference between you playing in the WAG and your experience in some other bands. Do you want me to tell you this? I, I'd love to hear you're this. You're going to be shocked. And okay. you're going to be like, oh I'm my afraid. God, you thought this through? The WAG has probably never asked you to wear glitter. <laughs> we have the, wa- the WAG has asked me to wear some pretty crazy <laughs> things. Yes, but I bet you, you're not, not glitter. wearing glitter. <laughs> not glitter. Yeah. Although I wouldn't put it past Brian. <laughs> Maybe next time. But, uh, well, you should have seen our Halloween show when we did that. That was some interesting costumes for yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but when you're taking pictures in low light, to, to clean the glitter up so it doesn't look like dust, oh. it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, yeah. all I want out of a performance, other than good music, is a little bit more light for the photographer. Yeah. I don't even want glitter in our house. No, no, no. The Sorry. worst thing that could ever happen is you get a wedding invitation, and when you open up, that crap falls out. Yeah. And oh. you find it like six months later in your underwear. And you're like, how did, how did glitter get here? So the, the funny thing about the glitter, so people who are listening, I, I play with a young woman uh, by the name of Natalie Farrell. Yeah. <clears throat> Natalie Farrell, excuse me. And um, it's her thing. She likes to put glitter on us. The worst part about it is after the show, you try to remove it. Mm -hmm. And it just looks like you walked out of a strip club because you're you're covered in it now. Do you have to, like, do you take off your clothes outside and shake them out? (laughs) I should. I should, absolutely. Yeah, I I love the music you guys do, but I... I'll, I will not play with anybody who insists I wear glitter. You know, I'd rather wear googly eyes. Well, it's either glitter with her or, or lab coats with Brian or, you know, silk pajamas, you know. I do have a few things. Yeah. There's so a now, few requirements. If, if Natalie, uh, they're in the break contest and I, you've made it to the next round? We have, yes. So are the three of you going to go to the uh, 
break contest and throw tomatoes? Say yes. <laughs> Say yes. Yes. No. Absolutely. We, no, we need the ticket sale. Say yes. <laughs> we we've actually come and seen them many times. So we, yeah. you know, we, we, we might, we would have to hold back the feeling to do when you say, ah, oh, we can't throw them. <laughs> no, it's There's pretty cool. Nice all the projects that I work in, we're all very supportive of each other because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing. Sure. Yeah. No, I think that that's, now, do you ever see an experience where uh, Natalie and you can play at one part and have the WAG play? Is, uh, on the same bill, do you think I, they'd? Fit I feel well like together? that's happened, hasn't it? At the Saint, at least. That's one. right. It happened at the Saint. I want to say it happened in Edison once. One of those festivals we did in Edison. Yes, I think, yeah. I think so. I think so. I'm pretty sure I have yeah. photos of you playing the guitar at the Saint at one point or another. That's happened. I have to go back and look because I've taken a lot. Of that might have been a solo gig. Yeah. I released a record at the Saint a few years ago. Mm. So yeah, it could have been that. And we'll just pause for a moment sure. in remembering the Saint because I don't think it's going to reopen as the way it, it stands, and I I miss it terribly. Yeah, I, I've heard all kinds of things. I mean, listen, um, Scott has done. You know, so many people forget there were so many years where no one wanted to come to Asbury Park, and it's yeah. a very hip place now. And there's million-dollar condos on the beach. But when that was not the case, Scott and the Saint was keeping this town together. And they, they've gotten some incredible national acts come through sure. that, you know, you know them. And you have to see them at the Saint because if they're coming around again, they're, they're going to yeah. be bigger than the, than the Saint can hold. Well, and I've seen some fantastic bands at the Saint. And, and now that the Saint is shuttered, and, I'm, and look, people write to Meg and Scott, but they never answer the question, will you yeah. open up again? And losing um, the Brighton Bar, for those of yeah. us who like yeah. more alternative music, I, I, I would have loved at some point in my life to have played on stage at the Saint or at the mm. Brighton. I mean, I've certainly spent enough money on beer there. I think wow. they should have let me get on stage. One of my favorite times at, at the Saint, this is many years ago, I was just being in a band called Redheaded Boogie Child. And we, we opened up for um, uh, Simon Townsend was his name. Mm-hmm. He was the brother of Pete Townsend. He also plays with the Who now. Okay. And so we're, we're sitting there. They're doing the sound check, and I have my back turned in. They came off the stage to say hi to us. Hi, I'm so-and-so. And I turn around, and the guy says, Paul Townsend. I was staring right at Pete Townsend's face. He looked, they looked exactly similar. like Pete Townsend, mm. and it was it, that was like a sort of a weird experience. And we we had a, we hung out with them, and they were a fun group to hang out. So. I got to tell you, if I met Pete Townsend's brother, I I don't know if I could stop my ADHD from just saying, "Does he shoot you a couple bucks once in a while to help you out?" And the guy, I mean, the guy's a bajillionaire. Why are you driving that crappy van around the country? He can't hook you up, you know. So well, we saw um, Paul McCartney's son at the scene. Yeah. Yeah. A couple years back, and I'm like, wow. Like, I know uh, Patty Scalfas played the Saint before, yeah. and I didn't see that. I know um, one of my favorite bands who don't play anymore, King Crimson, the Tony Levin. Oh, yeah. and Tony the, Levin's, they yeah. went as the Stickmen. One of the best bass players. Ever. I so wanted to see that, but I had family obligations. <laughs> Freaking family. I know they, <laughs> these kids get. First off, they are incredibly expensive, <laughs> and they get in the way of me staying out. Now that they've all moved out, I I have a lot of free yeah. time, but. Not much more money, because we <laughs> seem to always be shooting the money. You mentioned the Brighton Bar. That was yeah. the WAG's first gig? Really? Yeah. Well, the Brighton Bar, yeah. I didn't know that. I think it was December 30th, In 1998. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was a time when uh, a mouse... A time when no, a, no, no, no. It wasn't a mouse. Okay. So, <laughs> this was actually my I favorite. I have to ask, because I don't know. Are the two of you married? Yes. Okay. You, <laughs> you exude the, you're wrong, I'm going to tell you how it is... <laughs> No, 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 that's not the way it happened, Well, it honey. wasn't. It wasn't a mouse. It was a rat. <laughs> okay. It was actually my favorite Brighton gig, because we played there 
plenty of times, but we're up there playing on stage and this rat goes across the floor and I love animals. So I was like, oh, a rat. So you pet the rat? I didn't pet no. it because I was on stage and it wasn't, but it was cool. My, my, my favorite Alicia experience about oh, animals. Oh, shut up, Sean. Oh, this we, is we a good, good one. I sense it already. Yeah, she she, <laughs> she, she used to work at the uh, Turtle Bog Zoo up in... Um, up uh, outside of Livingston, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and she was a, a zookeeper there. So we we did gigs there a lot. There was a nice, real big uh, stage, stage outside the stage. And, and so we yeah. were playing. And this kid is chasing okay, the people. But you have to, you have to say. Hold that on, you're not married. You uh, can't yeah. correct him. <laughs> no, this whole band isn't married. Yeah, it's like right? it's like, <laughs> there are free roaming peacocks. That's right. Yes, free roaming peacocks. And this kid was chasing. Hold on. <laughs> Mental note. Fantastic band name. Free roaming peacocks. peacocks. That is a great name. Yes. Remember that? Wow. Uh, that's our VR side project. Yes. Um, but anyway, so Alicia, we're playing in the middle of the song. I forget what song we were singing. In the middle of the song, she goes, Stop chasing the peacocks! And she yelled it a few times. Okay, look. Were you wearing your. No, I was wearing gig clothes. Okay. But once a zookeeper, always a zookeeper. Sure. So, you know, I'm on stage, and the peacocks, or the peafowl, actually. Will uh, is that the woke name for peacocks? No, it's peafowl. male and female. <laughs> okay. pe- female peafowl are called peahens. Yeah, we'll never know that. So, well, this, you know, I'm a zookeeper. So okay, I gotta tell you. But um, so that they'll get in trouble. They'll actually, if they attack a kid or anyone, yeah. you know, it's never the animal's fault. But they're the ones that are going to get in trouble, and they'll get you know. Well, it's away, just like you know. when the dad drops their kid in the gorilla zoo oh, in yeah, the Bronx Zoo. Uh, you know, you say, yeah. well, well, he shouldn't have been feeding the animal. Do yeah. not get me started. Yes, but, certainly should not have been feeding the animal his child. Yes. Yeah, but so this kid is chasing. I'm watching this kid chasing the peacock, and so into the microphone I said, "Stop chasing the peacocks." Well, she wouldn't worse. a better statement extreme, have been, actually. "Where's your blanking parents to oh, keep you the from?" The mother was right behind yeah. him. Let me tell you how I'm titled. You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> I have to tell you, I, we lived in Livingston for many years. We had any number of birthday parties at the mm. zoo, and I, and I always loved it. Yeah. I didn't love the smell as much in the summer. <laughs> so are, are you a zooer now? I mean, No. Uh, very long story, very short. I'm no longer working at that zoo, but I do volunteer at Sunnyside Equestrian Center, so okay. I still get my animal fix. Now, if, would I be wrong to ask, do you have more than one cat? We don't have any animals. You don't actually. have any animals. Uh-huh. She loves animals, but she doesn't have any. And why I would is this? like to. Well, it's because... It's Brian's fault. <laughs> it's, yes, thank you, Doug. It is my fault. What grave uh, crime have you committed that you can't have a dog? <laughs> we, we are not home. Oh, that, well, like, that's reasonable. We are... When we go out on our tours or if we, you know, we're away for a whole night, you know... At a show or something. It's just, it, it wouldn't just, be fair. It, it the wouldn't worst be. case scenario is you get home and there's a giant gift waiting for you yeah, in the middle of the living room. I've shoveled enough poo I'm in sure. my life. So <laughs> you, you brought up being on tour, and I have to ask, how did you end up in Japan? Like I said, we took a wrong turn. No. Turn up to Greenland. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't end up in North Korea by accident. There yeah, could have been so like a whole hostage actually, situation. Just a little side story about the Japan tour. Uh, I remember. Um, we got our phones were buzzing like six o'clock in the oh, morning. Once right. last night, he says, "Are you guys okay?" And like, "What? I what are you talking right. about?" He says, "Because uh, North Korea just shot a missile over Japan, and we were, you know." Yeah, but they do that all the time. <laughs> I know. There was also an earthquake that we did not. No, but seriously, did, were you just sitting around and in, in, instead of playing a trivia game, you're like, <laughs> "Hey, let's pick the bizarre place where we can't speak the language and no one knows us, and let's go there." <laughs> well, I, I can tell you. Yes, I can tell you. So. Um, during the time where uh, we had Don and Ariel on bongos, we, Alicia and I were trying to create new memories. Like yeah. new, 
new experiences, if you will. Sure. You know, stuff that, that's new and exciting and different. That we hadn't done with the previous version of the band. Yeah, so we I, I would imagine there are many countries you didn't visit us in the previous <laughs> band. Not the other, actually. <laughs> we, we hadn't toured. Yeah. Uh, pretty much out of the... You know, the state. We did a few out-of-state shows, but nothing. Yeah, but, but how do you let them know that you're a legitimate band and then even line up a series of gigs? Well, our first tour was in London mm-hmm. the previous uh, two years ago. Yes, or London's two a big place. Prior so to Japan. So, and we had a great time. We, mm-hmm. we lined up a bunch of bunch of gigs, and it was such a great experience. I think we all, like, loved loved it. So it came time again, like, you know, well, what do we want to do now? And And... For me, I let's just go big, let's go crazy, and let's go to uh, let's go to Japan. Okay, and I sold everybody on it. Everybody was like, "Oh, great, great." Meanwhile, I'm, I'm looking at like catalogs. I'm like, "Well, we could all afford to sleep in a capsule, <laughs> but maybe we can." No, so now, now what year was this? Uh, this uh-huh. 17. seventeen. Okay, so I I, I contacted uh, a booking agent out there and basically send our materials and what we do, you know, like a, like a press package, basically a press kit. And she dug it and, and she was like, well, you know what? I can get you into all these different places and whatnot. Um, and it was great because she did. And we and, played. And did people come out to see you? Yeah. They did. Apart and, from being sort of out of the country, this sort of a certain curiosity, but there might've been, there might've been some of that, you know, well, I um, think it was, um, uh, what do you call them when it's a bunch of bands together? Showcases. Showcases yeah. Okay. Might so I think it was, it was that kind of thing. Were they other American bands no. with you? or were There they was an Australian band. And we're still yes. friends with them. Actually. There was okay. an Australian band, but most of them were Japanese. Interesting. Yeah. And, and one one uh, <laughs> Japanese band was, was like, they played traditional Japanese instruments. There was oh, this I really long... That. Oh, the Japanese harp, that girl. That harp. Yeah. But they did hardcore versions of American songs, right? Actually, <laughs> we, we did play a place, and we're, as you say, more... I like to describe our stuff more as like power, like classic power Sure, pop. no, I would agree um, with that. And uh, we played this... Most of the play, We played a variety thing. The first thing was like a singer-songwriter thing with bands. We fit in very well with that. Another time we played more of a rock place, and we did well there, too. We, we played a thing with people who were playing traditional instruments, and that was... And then we did this one gig, and we go down. To, you have to do sound checks like five hours in advance. They do it that way. Now. Well, there is a time difference yeah, between yeah. them. Okay. <laughs> but, but as far as we got to this one place, and it was more of a hard, really heavy, hardcore, speed punk type place. Okay. And, we thought, and it, looked oh, like no. CBG, it looked like little CBGBs. In okay. And, and we said, we're gonna, they're going to hate us here. That's what we're thinking. Because, unfortunately, I wish people would like open up their minds. And I can like heavy music. I can like soft music. I like everything in between. Um, a lot of people know they can like the one genre they like. And we're sort of used to that, unfortunately. So we're, we're saying, they're going to hate us here. They're going you know, to kill us here, basically. So <laughs> we play. Uh, There's one group, this group called Vanity with three Ys at the end. This girl was, I never seen anyone with so much energy stage diving into the crowd and all over the place. Um, and then, of course, we go up after them. And they loved us, and we were we were, and we were playing our style of music, and and I think it's because in, this is my uh, interpretation of it. I think in Japan they're very society as a whole is sort of regimented. You follow the rules. You stand if you're walking in one direction, you stay in that direction. Mm-hmm. That's why Tokyo has like 14 million people in it, more than New York, and New York seems more crowded because everyone in Japan stays on the right or left side. You know, mm-hmm. there's not that every going all over the place. And so anyway, I think that because of that regiment, regimentation they have in their lives, they had, need a place to let loose. And this place was the place they let loose. So it didn't matter what type of music it was, 
They just love They're, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Americans are not often known for their ability to be open-minded <laughs> and listen to something new. So I'd imagine that must be a nice experience oh, to, to have yeah. that. And especially since we, we didn't speak the language, of course, you know, the, everything is, there is also in English, so we got around yeah. very well. But people are helpful. We would be looking at a map to try to find someone, and someone would say, can I help you? We're looking for this. I'll take you there. Oh, that's and nice. And they take us there. We, we, had this, we went to the, what they call the Samurai Museum, and our, uh, the tour guide for that, we told her where we were playing. She showed up. Oh, and that's then, so and sweet. Then, and, then, and then she, Brian uh, told, like, told her what to She actually talked to the crowd for us. Yeah, I asked her to get on stage with us and interpret. And she helped out? And, you know, yeah, because it was great. Because every time we would play there, you know, maybe they wouldn't understand what we would say before the songs. But, uh, you know, so I wanted to thank the crowd for supporting original music. And, and, she, and she did her thing oh, in, that's in great. Japanese. And, and it was, like, it was great. It was so yeah. cute. See, that's so the difference. Great. In New York, if someone says, hey, I'll take you there, they actually bring you to yeah. a back alley. Right. Right. Next, <laughs> you wake up with yeah. most of your clothes yeah. missing yeah. And, and, and a bruise on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of New York, and very interesting <laughs> enough, is that the first gig we did, we play the first song. And then we must have said, we're from the United States, New Jersey, and we hear out, what exit? Oh. And it was, it was a guy from Long Island just happened That's to be there. That's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. It's like now, you again. Can't get away. What's yeah. funny is you mentioned CBGBs, and, and mm-hmm. I, I may be in the minority, but the, the coronavirus was actually hatched in the CBGBs bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Either, uh, did you ever play at the Court Tavern in New Brunswick? Yes. See, the, have, the two yeah. worst bathrooms on the planet were CBGB's and the Court Tavern. I mean, you, you'd rather actually inhale your own vomit oh, than oh. go into any of those places. Kenny's Castaways wasn't that great either, as I remember. That doesn't yeah, but when you're in New York, you just go to the bathroom in the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> what we're going to do is, uh, since we have... Oh, you know, I had one other question about Japan. I don't want to forget. How do you bring all your gear... Your rent. So yeah. did you bring your guitars or did you no, just we rented, go rented just hands in pocket and just rented everything you needed? Yeah, we rent, we rented gear and uh, they actually brought it to our hotel. Oh, it was nice. Great. It was amazing. And they right. had a nice Rickenbacker bass for you? They uh, they had stuff that, very interesting enough because you talked to, Brian talked to the guy who set the whole thing up and he's, like I have that Telecaster, which mm-hmm. I know you said you like and everything. And he said, oh, yes, I was looking at your guitars, uh, Telecaster. I have something sort of like that. So, he would do stuff to find stuff that sort of matched what we did. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. As as yeah so it wasn't an exact uh, replica of a uh, Rickenbacker, but it was close, you know, and it, it was cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, like Don said, they were great. They were excellent. No, England was a slightly different case when we went to England the first time uh, because mm-hmm. we, had to, we had to go find the place where we can rent this stuff. It was, some, it was in sort of some sort of back alley warehouse <laughs> area. We finally found it, and they wanted to protect their their equipment that they were renting us. So they give like Brian's bass was like in a heavy anvil keyboard case. Yeah. And we had to walk long distances to some of these gigs we were doing. We, 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 we planned it out. We said, okay, the tube will take us to this. And that's about five minute walk. It was really more like a 30 minute walk, you know, and we're carrying and loads carrying of equipment. It was, it was industrial hard, strength yeah. touring equipment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was hard. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. Or at least reminds you not to do it a second time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking Actually, we're of the second time, soon. we're going back to London in June. You really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and you have a bunch of gigs lined up? We have two so far. Two so, so far. I'm very excited, especially about the first one. I'm going to tell you about this. So... Uh, in 2002, when Ray Thomas retired from the Moody Blues, they got a lovely lady named Norda Mullen mm-hmm. um, to take over his duties, and she played with him until the Moody's stopped playing altogether, like 18 years later. Um, and she has her own band. She lives in England, actually. Mm-hmm. She lives in London. She's from Tennessee, but she lives in London. 
And uh, she has her own band there. And so I contacted her and her husband, who we're also friendly with, and he's also in her band. Very long story, very short, we're playing a gig with them as our first gig. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's at a place called the Half Moon in Putney. I have no idea where that is. Neither do I, but tickets have already sold. Oh, that's fantastic. And, yeah, and we're, we're really I, excited And you're all able that. to tell your employers that you'll be gone for a few weeks? Yeah. This is what my employer. job right now. This is what oh, you yeah. do full time? Yeah. So yeah. You have no problem going. Same. So what we're going to do is we're going to hit pause, and then uh, the WAG are going to perform an acoustic song or two for us. We're very excited, so uh, let's hit pause there. Uh, it's also a good time for a bathroom break, and then uh, we'll come back in a second and hear some music. Sounds good. And we're back with the WAG, and we're very excited. Uh, we've uh, spent the better part of an hour talking about their dull name, but their exciting <laughs> lifestyle. And uh, we've learned a few things. Uh, there are pea pigeons and, and pea... Pea hens and peacocks. Pea hens and pea fowl. Pea fowl. Pea uh, then there's Genesis Piarage, who was from the band Throbbing Gristle, who is, is a very bizarre man, but there you go. So we're doing it all. And we've touched base on uh, the bathroom at CBGB, so we've covered all the things I like to talk about. <laughs> So, uh, Alicia, why don't you tell us the song you're going to do and uh, a little bit about it and then uh, kickstart. This is a song called With the Sun on Our Face. This song I loved immediately. Okay. Immediately. Your neighbors must know, love the noise that comes out of your house. Well, we rehearse time. at Joshua's usually. Oh, so. even better. <laughs> All right. So, have at it. sun on our face So pack up your gear and we'll get a tan Take off your shoes and get all that sand on your feet Isn't life sweet I couldn't ask for any Nothing quite like this, I'm sure So take my hand And kick up some sand Just you and me will go dip our toes We'll find all the spots that nobody knows Just in case With the sun on our face Ah, 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 ah,
it's almost like you have done this before. <laughs> Absolutely lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. The WAG has a big gig March 25th. Uh, records coming out before that, or is it that out? Day. No, that day. That day, and that record is called? Blue Bottles and Copper Coins. Uh, do we still call them records? What do we call it's, them? It's a recording. A recording? I don't know what to call it anymore. Just don't call them CDs. Yeah, we no, actually no. do have it out on CDs vinyl, too. So. Vinyl. Oh, you purists. <laughs> anyway, 25 years of beautiful harmony, uh, heartbreaking stories and success and redefining themselves and growing up. And that you've done anything for 25 years is <laughs> yeah. quite amazing. Thank you so much for coming in. Thanks you for playing. Thank um, you. We'll have this up and posted, and then you could share that around. Everybody, the WAG. Uh, Thanks for coming in. This is Doug for Asbury Park Vibes, and we'll see you all soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much.